0: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Lord, come to the ministry of the word. Speak to our hearts. The entrance of your word brings light. Your word says, O Lord, in you was life. And that life is the light of men. It is only through you that we can see. It is only in Christ we can see and therefore this morning, grant us hearing ears and open eyes that we could see the hope of our calling that we have in Christ Jesus. That which you wrought for us in him, when you rose him from the dead and you placed him Far above every principality and power of darkness. At the right hand of the Father. And you have given him a name above every name. And Lord, you your word says that we are seated together with him in the in those heavenly places. And therefore I pray, Lord, you would open our eyes to see the treasures in your word. That you would quicken our spirits That you would impart faith. Even in these last days. Troubled times that we live in. Prepare us for the days ahead. Increase our faith. Strengthen our faith. Make all our convictions stronger. Beginning with the little things. Enable us to be found faithful. To that end I pray that you would bless O Lord. But the word that we hear will equip us, will strengthen us in our resolve to follow hard after you. And to prepare ourselves for your coming. To that I pray that you bless and anoint the speaking and hearing of today's word. In Jesus name, Amen. We've been looking at uh, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, last Sunday, about Jesus giving us the signs of His coming. What will be the sign of His coming? And uh, we are looking. We are living in real prophetic times, unbelievable times, and uh, it seems that all the things are just lining up. And uh, we thank God for 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 His Word which forewarns us and jesus told his disciples behold i have told you all these things that are supposed to happen happen beforehand so that you can be prepared i mean it's uh it's like an examiner who gives you the question paper beforehand you know <laughs> it's an open book exam it's already there it's going to be it's going to come so prepare yourself for the days ahead and, uh, don't take it lightly, you know. I mean, one of the things that we have to guard our heart against is the, the indifference to God's Word. And, uh, we want to look at that this morning because that's such a, such an important aspect, uh, of our being ready for the coming of the Lord. Keep on coming to His Word. And one of the, why, why do you, see, why, the question some, often you should ask ourselves is that why should we come to this, world, to study the word so often? You know, when we were growing up, no? Like parents, we have parents and most of the things that we tell our children are corrections. Okay. I mean, after, when, after they grow up, like uh, when they are three years, four years old, we say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But, but after that, love you, love you'll stop. And then, you know, don't, don't do this, do this. Don't do that, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Clean your room, get this done, get this thing done, get up. So many times and every day is the same thing. Until it becomes a part of them. So, it's, similarly, is this, preaching of the word is like that. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23, it says, The commandment is light, lamp, law is light, reproofs of instruction are a. Way of life. Yeah, that's a way of life. To keep you from the immoral and the seductress woman. I mean, that's a false doctrine, the deception that is in the world. To keep you from that. Reproofs of instruction are a way. It's a way. It's a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. So, don't ever think, why is it always constantly, why should we keep on gathering? Because we need those instructions. Till the last day. It's a commander, you know, it's like we are in a battlefield and we need to be constantly in touch with command control <laughs> to get our battle orders straightened up so that we win the war and we go on to the other side as overcomers, not just scrape through with pass marks. You no, know? nobody wants to be like that. You no, know? how many of we want just pass? I don't want to be like that. You know? So reproofs of instruction are a way of life. And Jesus keeps on warning through over and over and over again through scripture. That is the reason why the Bible says, be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, exhort, correct with all long-suffering and teaching. You know why? Because a time will come when people will not entertain or rather endure sound doctrine. So, We need to come to a point where in all scripture, why? What is all scripture? All scripture is God breathed for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for discipline. So that a man of God is equipped for every good work. So that is the reason why we come to the exposition of scripture. So if you do not come to the word of God expecting to be corrected, exhorted and reproved, you come with an unprepared heart. And therefore you will not get anything out of it. So keep that in mind. So one of the things that caught my attention uh, in all those 13 verses, I think we looked at first 14 verses last Sunday about uh, being prepared and Jesus telling the disciples about the sign of the times. One word which captured my attention, which is familiar to all of us. In Matthew chapter 24, let's read from verse 3 onwards. And Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age no okay by the way the end, age is going to end okay this age is going to end you know, the things that you this, the things that you look at they're all temporary jesus is going to wrap up everything like a scroll throw it out okay the every the time is going to be wrapped up everything is going to be wrapped up but like a scroll and it's going to st- end and then you have a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. So the end of the age and Jesus answered, watch out that no one, what? Deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive a few. Answer? No, 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 many, 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 many. many. And then in the same entire passage, he re- re- uses the word deceive at least three times. The next one, I mean, I'm going to look at verse 11. And many false prophets will appear and deceive how many? Many. And you have to endure till the end. Otherwise, even the elect, those who have been chosen even before the foundation of the world, they also may not endure and they might also get deceived. So the Bible is, so the one thing that we have to guard our heart against is deception. And the greatest deception is self-deception. Look at this Galatians chapter 6 verse 3. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, (laughs) when he is nothing, what does he do? He deceives himself. 1 John chapter 1 verse number 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. (laughs) James chapter 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself, deceive. I, I didn't show you all the other verses, he says, do not be deceived brothers, evil company corrupts good manners. Again, another place which will say, do not be deceived. God is not mocked <laughs> for whatsoever a man sows. Uh, That's exactly what he will reap. So, this is something which we have to guard our heart against. And this is something all of us, I mean, if you've heard one of the, uh, I think it was uh, the Monday before last, uh, uh, about uh, the church in Um If the devil can't destroy us, if he cannot, what us? Deceive us, right? If you if he cannot he cannot destroy us, if he cannot deceive us. So if we guard our heart against deception, but the problem is, what is our default setting? Is a question. What is our default setting? Look at a very very my my one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which it describes an unregenerate man. Okay. A person who is not born again. The description of a man who is not born again. Titus chapter 3. This is, I am putting it in the NIV, just to get a, a flavor of it. At one time, this is we, including Paul. We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated, And hating one another. But when the kindness of the love of our God and Savior appeared. He saved us. Not because of our righteousness. But because of his mercy. So this is our default setting. This is our default setting. Before we were born again. Okay. Before we entered into the kingdom of God. What is our default setting? I mean I put it in in 6 D's actually. 7 D's. You know. We were dumb. Disobedient. Deceived. Debauched, devilish, despised and despisers. This is our default, default setting and what is the the center, in the center of it all, what are we? Deceived. That's exactly what happened when, when Adam uh, ate of the tree, I mean, when, uh, yeah, Eve or uh, uh, Eve got deceived and Adam took part in that entire act. It says, the Bible says, Adam betrayed his entire authority to Satan. So we are all deceived. So the reason why we come to the to the to the preaching of the word of God is because we are that man. And the Bible says Galatians chapter 6 verse 3 if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, what does he do? So if we if we do not know that we are people who are dumb, disobedient Deceived, debauched, despisers, being despised, devilish. We, If you do not know that, and we just go on in our life without knowing who we actually are. What are we actually? In the light of God's word. That is the reason why the the word of God is compared to, to a mirror. It shows us who we really are. Therefore, understand this. Because we do not have in and of ourselves. Why do we come to the preaching of our word of God? Why do we say, why do we submit ourselves to preaching? Why do you want to be preached at? Because we want to know who we truly are in the light of scripture. Yeah. Look at what it says in Psalm 19. Psalm 19. This is Psalm 19. It's a rhetorical question. Who can understand his errors? Answer is nobody. So if I have to rephrase a sentence, the truth is here. The truth that that comes out from this verse is, nobody can understand his errors. Nobody can understand. We all have secret sins, secret faults, secret deceptions. Nobody watches it. Verse 13, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Before I do the very act of great transgression, save me from my own errors. Show me my hidden faults. And therefore he he concludes in uh, Psalm 19, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So this morning, what we'll do is, the New Testament, <clears throat> unlike the Old Covenant, Old Covenant is completely outside, external. The New Testament is so different. The New Testament wants to deal primarily with our old nature and transform it, because that is our default setting. Our default setting is that we were disobedient people, we were, we were foolish we were deceived. We were haters. We were slaves to all kinds of passions and lusts. We were haters and we hated people. Where We were hated by others as well. So that is our default setting. So what does God do? He doesn't change us in the outside. He wants to fundamentally change the very nature that is there inside of us so that we will not be deceived. He wants to deal with the root cause. So if you read the Bible, you know, Especially nowadays, one of the things that I've been doing before I finish the end of the year, I, this is my target kept for myself. I want to read the Gospels as much, as many times as I can. Okay. Especially because I want to know Him, the person of Jesus Christ and in that because he he tells the pharisees he makes a very powerful statement he says you are deceived or you are go astray because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of god right you do not know the scriptures nor the power of god and what do scriptures talk about jesus okay i want to know him so that i i keep myself because ultimately because in, in second second corinthians chapter 11 paul will say you know what uh, there could there will be another jesus that will be preached Another spirit and another gospel. So how do I guard myself against that? By knowing the real deal. The real Jesus. (coughs) Meditate more and more upon the real Jesus. Know him more intimately. So if you look at the entire uh, gospels, one of the most, um, what do you say, organized, chronologically arranged gospel is gospel according to Luke. It's almost chronologically arranged. I mean, he he says, I have put in order, he says, after careful investigation of all the things that I've heard and all the witnesses that I've inter, in, uh, interviewed, doc, uh, Dr. Luke, in the gospel according to Luke, he, he carefully orders all the incidents that have happened in the life of Jesus, his teachings, etc. And he records for us the first message of the New Testament. The first message in the New Testament that was preached. And when you look at the very first message of the New Testament, it is calculated by God to deal with the deception that is inside of our heart. Let me prove that to you this morning. Okay? So we'll go to the, the the gospel according to Luke and read a few, few verses and try to understand what God is trying to teach us this morning. Luke's Gospel chapter 3. Let's read on. And now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, this is the Chakravarti of the known world. Okay. Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judah. He is the president of the country called Judea. Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee. He is the chief minister of Galilee. His brother Philip, Tetrarch of Ituria. Notice none of none of them are believers. They're all anti-God. They are people who are in authority and they are one-way godless. Okay, region of Tyconias, Lysinius and etc. And then goes on to say, Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. The so what came? The word of God. Came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. The word of God came. Okay. This is the first account of the word of God being coming, coming to John. What he got, he is going to preach now. For 30 years, he was there in the wilderness. Okay. He's being prepared by God, set apart by God, filled with the Holy Spirit. He's been disciplined in the wilderness and one day he receives the word not one day, it's a process that he goes through and one day he receives the word that he has to share with his people. And the, it's very interesting, the word for, word in the Greek is Rema. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The very word, the same word, Rema. Not just Logos. It is the living word, that word which is going to cut the hearts of people. That word which is going to show us what we truly are in the light of who God is. That is the word which brings faith, nothing else. So that word was received by John and he went into all the region around the world. What is that? Preaching, not discussing. Preaching, proclaiming. Baptism of repentance. So, this is the first message, but notice, notice, okay? We know in uh, what we, when we study scripture, the law of first mention, okay? The very first message of the New Testament, If the transcript has been given to you, okay? Yeah. The transcript of the first message of the New Testament, how does it start? The first message of the New Testament, how does it start? Luke's Gospel chapter 3, verse 7, transcript. Then he said to the multitudes that came to be baptized by him. What is the address? Brood of vipers. We'll stop there. Okay. (laughs) It's a very, (laughs) the address is (laughs) dangerous address. How are you? What are you? Brood means genus. The word is genus means generation. Means you have a DNA. You have a DNA of a viper. Okay. What are we? Brood of vipers. Notice, he is not telling this to the Pharisees and Sadducees alone. He is talking to the multitudes, to everybody. The transcript of the very first message that was preached in the New Testament, it starts with the word, brood of vipers. So we have to stop there. Because in that brood of vipers, everything is there. The root cause for all our problems is there. Address. What is the address? Brood of vipers. No, this is just not his address. This is essentially Jesus also uses word in several places. He adds a, another connotation to it or another, uh, what do you say, adjective. Matthew chapter 12 verse 24, verse 34. Oh, generation of vipers, okay? How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, what speaks? The mouth speaks. Another, another, another way, another place Jesus talks about the same thing. He says, you serpents, (laughs) you generation of vipers. Now you get the point. The point, this is the nature of the fallen man in his unregenerate state. This is what we truly are. You know, I'll tell you something. The word of God is calculated to offend. What is it? Ah, uh, it is calculated to offend. What is going to offend you? That's exactly what God will speak today. Okay. So guard your heart against it. I mean, we were uh, listening to being faithful in 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 the in in money in uh, in money matters to the last several conferences. You should see the kind of response. The pastors were giving to that message. Stunning. Because there is, there is in each one of us a covetous heart. A desire for gain. Is it not there? A desire for gain. That is what Agur says. The leech has two children. Twins. Give me, give me. And you know what Zach Poonen says? He says, leech has only two children. All sons of Adam are leeches. Adam has a problem. The problem, he, he's a sucker. So this is how the New Testament starts with an address. Serpents, generation of wipers. How many of us can receive that? Oh, tough. So what is the nature of a serpent, Papa? Look at what it says. I mean, let, let us try to understand the nature of the serpent. Genesis chapter 3, this is the nature of the devil himself. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, now the serpent was more what? Cunning. What is it? It's crafty. It's subtle. It's deceptive. That is the reason why the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, the heart is what? Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. In Telugu, you know, it's got a disease. Vyadhi means what? Horrible disease. So, more cunning than any beast. It's got that deception. So a serpent, if he's addressing us as a serpent, so in each one of our hearts, there's a cunning fellow oh he's there if you're honest very very honest i mean he's i will i will explain that cunning fellow follow to you in another example let us look this if we look at the old testament let us look at uh, the new testament second corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 3 but i fear lest somehow as a serpent what does he do deceived so in, it says in the last days evil men and Seducers or imposters or sorcerers will grow worse and worse. Ah, how? Deceiving and being deceived. It's going to happen in the last days. Why? Because fundamentally, in man, in man, we have a DNA of the devil. David Prince gives a fantastic example. He says, "Look at a small baby." You say, oh, cho 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 choo, but what does the Bible say? Small, small serpent, basically. Uh, you know, I remember Cyril I'm saying, you know, diaper and a viper, sorry, viper and a diaper. What is he? Sir, he's a <laughs> small viper. He looks very cute, but how does he behave? When he pees and he invites his nappy, okay, he starts crying, all right? So mama says, oh yo, 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 papam, papam, papam. Okay. Even in our way we address our babies also, we say papam. You know what papam means? What? Sin. Basically in Telugu, papam, papam means sin, sin, sin. Hey, sin, papam, papam, ayo. That means sin, sin. Okay. <laughs> that is how, we, that is how we address it. I don't know how you say it in uh, Malayalam and Tamil. It's a pavam da. Pavam means what? Sin. Okay. So sin, sin, papam, papam. Okay. So that papam, papam fellow, what is he doing? He is crying. So mama says, Papa, and he takes her na- nappy out nicely and you know puts her clothes to her bosom and you know nicely do, does the shaking like that. Okay, through the day it does the shaking. So it wants that rocking motion now. It's not crying because no, no, no longer it's gonna cry because she, her, the, na- the nappy is wet. It's gonna cry because it, it wants a rocking motion. So the mom, mother. After she changes the nappy, she rocks her and she stops crying, she puts her carefully back into the crib. After a while she starts crying again. Why? Not because her nappy is wet. Because now she wants that rocking motion. Who told her, Baba? To manipulate? Not the mother? Wiper? That's the nature. Yeah, I remember Abigail. She is looking at me like that, as if she is very innocent. I remember when she was like four months old. I used to come back from the lab, and Justin said, "No, I've finished. I'm tired the whole day. You ho, handle the baby, okay?" So, I put her on my chest. Shake her, shake her, shake her, shake her, shake her, shake her, shake. Okay, she taught me a lot of physics. No, shake, 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 shake. You know, and then I would slowly sit down. Okay, slowly sit. Okay, and I said, what is this internal gyroscope that she's got? Okay, she's got that height sensor, motion sensor, all sensors. So, so, so slowly, 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 slowly I should sit like that. After a while I'm tired. Okay, slowly I will sit and then slowly rock, rock the motion, rock the motion, two seconds, three seconds. After that slowly I remove, release my hands. She will start again, and this is to go for almost like three, four hours till three o'clock in the night. Hmm. What is she? Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. That's what it is. So we are all like that. We have that nature to manipulate. See, we are what deceived. We have a nature which is crooked. Look at the words of the fantastic father, our patriarch, huh? whom we all relate to, huh? who gives us a lot of comfort. What's his name? Jacob. Okay. Jacob's words. Yeah. I mean, this is irony of all ironies. Okay. Genesis chapter twenty-seven, verses eleven and twelve. This is what it says. And this is when uh, Rebecca comes and gives the idea. Okay. The idea is going to change his life now. Okay. Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, "Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man." He doesn't say, mama, the idea is wrong. This is deception, mama. Let us go and confront Allah. Let us talk to him. Let us sort things out. No, 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 no. Fantastic idea. Okay. Esau is a hairy man. I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall what? Seem to him as if I am a deceiver. I mean, this is, this is, this is the heights of deception. I mean, what, what do you, what do you want him to think? The fact that you don't want him to think that you are a deceiver makes you a deceiver. That's the idea. That is how crooked we are at the fundamental level. Therefore, in Ecclesiastes, he says that which is crooked huh, cannot be made straight. In fact, if you make it straight, it will die. That's what will happen to. That's how, that's what how that's the way they kill snakes. By the way, they take the snake and do this. By the tail, not by the head. Okay, they take the snake. Tick, they do like that, and the snake straightens up. Its bones get locked. Gone. So the nature of a snake is that of deception. Is of deception. So if you look at the very first message of the Bible, of the New Testament, how it is, how is it addressing? So how do you read Luke's Gospel chapter chapter three, Brood of Vipers? Next. No, 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 stop there. <laughs> don't, don't, stop, just just, just, stop there. I mean, I'm here. Look at what it says in John's gospel chapter 8, verse 40, 44. John's gospel chapter 8 and verse 44. This is Jesus again. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and a father of lies. Meaning what? He is a first class, grade one deceiver. And therefore in the book of Daniel, he says in, uh, Daniel, uh, sorry, Ezekiel chapter 28, he says, you are wiser than Daniel. Cunning fellow. And that cunningness in, is in all of us. At various degrees. Some easily seen. Some not seen. Some things we don't even know. That is the reason why we need fiery preaching. Like the, the, like the message on on money. My goodness. I was thinking, I was thinking about it, no? If you want the wipers to come out, what should you do? Put the fire. All the wipers will come out. One of the ways you can you can allow the vipers to come is to get the come uh, subject yourself to fiery preaching. Okay, that's there in all all of our hearts. Now, this is our original state. Now, what is our destination? If this is our original state and we continue along this ori- original state, God gives us the address that we are what. Address means the way He is calling us as. What? Brood of vipers, and he also gives us an advance notice of our permanent address. If we continue this way. What is that? What, what is the advance notice? Luke's gospel chapter three. And he said to the multitudes who came out, Brood of Vipers, who has warned you to flee from the what to come? There is a wrath. For all the brood of vipers. All the vipers they are heading towards some 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 place. And what is the place? What is our per- permanent address? He's giving us advance, advance notice by the way. Matthew chapter 23, verse number 33. This is what it says. Where, where do all the serpents and snakes and vipers head? Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? You know this is a rhetorical question again. So you have to change the question into an answer. You generation of vipers and saints, you will not escape the damnation of hell. This is our permanent address. He's giving us the advance notice. If we head this direction, this is where we we'll land. And who was this meant, meant for? This hell was meant for, not for us. Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse number forty-one. Then he will say to those who, who are on who are the left hand, "Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, which is hell." Prepared for the who? For the deceiver of all the deceivers and all his angels who were deceived. We will all be partakers of that. So he is warning us, there is a wrath. Wraths to come. And why is this wrath upon us? The reason why this wrath is upon us is because Romans chapter 1 will give us the reason as to why this wrath is upon us. Romans chapter 1, verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. That is what they do. What do they do? They suppress the truth. They don't like the truth. And if you heard last Sunday's message. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you know, Jesus says, because they did not receive the love of truth, what will God send them, send upon them? A strong delusion so that they will believe a lie. Who will send? God will send. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. So, this is our problem. We, in our unregenerate state, are A brood of vipers and our old man, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says our old man is growing corrupt with his deceitful desires, even if after we are born again, inside of us there is a new man and there is an old man. This old man has to be put to death every day and if he is not put to death, the Bible clearly says that that old man is deceitful. He is of this father, the devil. He is the old Adam. So the question is, how do we get out? What is the way out? What is the way out? How do we stop ourselves from getting deceived? Let's see. Luke's Gospel chapter 3. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Stop there. Okay. Abraham is the father of faith. And the Bible says, not all who are of Abraham are Abraham's children. But only those who are of the promise. And then he goes on to say, For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So how can stones become children of Abraham? Because they are given what we call as new births. What birth? New births. That is the reason why. Every Sunday, one of the things that we ought to ask ourselves. First, the preaching is, you must be born again. Everybody say that? I must be born again. Unless and until this happens. The Christianity is not behavioral modification. It is a complete change in our nature. You have to desire it. And the Bible therefore says the man, the one who is born of God does not sin. And what does sin have? What is the nature of sin? It is deceitful. The deceitfulness of sin. And the person who is born of God does not sin because he understands the nature of sin. Therefore we have to be born again. There should be a complete change and now even the axe is laid to the root of the trees. I mean, if you take the Acts to the root of the trees means you take the entire tree out from its root. What will happen to the tree therefore? It will what? Die. So you have to kill it. You have to completely get rid of the old thing in our lives. So if you are not born again, first question you need to ask yourself, ask yourself, are you born again? Or do you say I'm a Christian because I've been coming to church and I'm listening to so many messages and you know, one of the admonitions that we, exhortations that we get from this pulpit every Sunday is that so many of you are still not born again. And some of you are baptized sinners. As you say, no? Before you got baptized, you were a dry sinner. After you got baptized, you were a wet sinner. What is common? Sinner. (laughs) Okay. Podipapi, tadipapi. That's all. Nothing has changed. So fundamentally something has to change inside of us. That nature has to change. And if that nature is already there inside of you, that nature has to be fed and the old nature has to be crucified. Okay. So how but how? Question. What is the, how do we change? How do we change this nation? Now we are looking at the first message, right? The first message of John is dispersed in all three gospels or all four gospels. Look at how John addresses this problem as to how to change. First, you have to be forgiven of all your sins and the condemnation for your sin has to be removed. John's gospel chapter 1. Let's see. Okay, this is the first message. Okay. John's gospel chapter 1. The next day, Jesus, John saw who? Jesus coming. That is the solution. Who's the solution? Jesus. Okay. Jesus was coming toward him. And what did he say? Behold! See, 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 see. Who is this? The Lamb of God who takes away the water of the world. The sin of the world. He will—he will be the person who will not only die for your sins. What is he going to do? He's going to take away. There's a, there's a whole new dimension here. In the old covenant, what we had was only the forgiveness of our sins. We do not have the nature being changed fundamentally. The nature has to change. So, what does he say? He says, "Look at the Lamb of God." Believe in this Lamb of God, and what is He saying when He when He addresses Jesus as the Lamb of God? Whom is He referring to? He is referring to the Passover Lamb, which was shed, which was sacrificed. The blood was collected, the hyssop was taken, and it was applied on the doorposts of the house, so that when the angel of death came, it would pass over you, and you would not be penalized for the sins that you have been that you have committed. It doesn't matter. You could could be an Egyptian or you could be an Israelite. Everybody who believed that message, who sacrificed the Lamb of God, who collected the blood, who applied to the doorpost of the house, when they put, when they uh, stayed inside the house, the death angel passed. All of us, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this morning, look at the Lamb. That was saying. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who's preferred before me, for he was before me. But what does it mean? This is the Lamb of God, means he is the very God who is going to become man, he's going to be the unblemished. That is the reason why Peter says, You have been not redeemed by perishable things like gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot or blemish. He is the one who will take away your sins. You know why? Sin, the moment we start sinning, exactly what Adam did, the moment he started sinning, he started hiding. When disobedience entered into Adam and Eve's life, the first thing that they did, started to hide, means what? They started to act. They started to act. They started to be hypocrites. They started to pretend. They started to deceive. You know why? Because sin entered. Sin entered. And the moment sin enters, it causes all of us to deceive. That's the very nature of sin. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel before therefore I came. So this is the Lamb of God. And what about this Lamb of God? How is he going to take away this deceptive nature inside of each one of us? How? How? John's Gospel, chapter 3. Verse number 14 and 15. We know 16, right? John's three sixteen. everybody says. How does it start? What is that? For yeah, thank you, Justin. For God so loved the world. Okay, that means before for there are some some verses. So just look at those verses, verses fourteen and fifteen. Look at verses fourteen and fifteen, John's Gospel, chapter three. And as Moses lifted up the what? Serpent. See that nature. That serpent which hides, which deceives. Which lies, which is cunning, which is crafty. That is the old man with all its deceitful lusts and desires, disobedient, deceitful, deceitful, foolish old man. That has to be crucified, has to be put to death on the cross. That serpent has to be taken out of the way. That Lamb of God. What was he? Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so the, who must be lifted up? Who, Who must be lifted up? He's son of man. Notice it's not son of God. Son of man. You know why? He's identifying us his himself with man? Son of Adam. By because in Adam, all those deceitful desires are there. That has to be put to death on the cross. That nature has to be taken away. So what do we what do we do? So we have the address. Our destination, our our, our advance notice, our, the way out. So what should we be? The next step should be our response. The response. Let us look at the response this morning. This is where all of us, most of us, if not all of us struggle. The response. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Now John himself was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan. What did they do? Confessing their sins. Now this is very important, my dear brothers. If you look at the entire gospel, okay, it does not list sins committed by man sins committed by my, by a man are so many okay if you start listing out your own sin okay it will be a thesis and the books of the world cannot contain 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 the volume of the sins that you have committed thought expressed spoken you No. Know, some some brothers will come to me and say, brother, this is what I did. Thesis of their sins. I tell them, brother, you wrote so many things about yourself. Can you write one page about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You know, there is a famous poet in in, uh, in Telugu. He says, koladhi perugu. Tharagadu na paparasi. Means, the moment, the, 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 I start, I start examining myself, and I start writing the list of all my sins, it does not end. And he says, oh my goodness, look at the list of the sins I've committed in my life, and he says, trahimam, the only person I can come to is you. You see, John, Don't look at Jesus the prophet who points out your sin. Look at the lamb who takes away your sin. You see, being a prophet is very easy. So Jesus is the prophet. He is the ultimate prophet. That's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 18. He says, there is going to be a, God is going to raise up a prophet just like me. Listen to him. He is going to point to your sin. He is going to come with full of truth. But before truth, he will come come, come full of grace. Because you know what? He's not only going to point to your sin. He's going to say, you know what? I'm the man who's going to take away your sin. So this morning, don't look at the list of sins you have committed, my dear brothers and sisters. Look at the lamb don't just look at the prophet who points your sin look at the lamb who takes away your sin see if we mark if God were to mark our iniquities what who can stand who can stand that is the reason I like that song you know in Romans Bible study we stood sing it as an anthem before the Roman Romans Bible study only by grace can we enter this is our anthem Lord, if you mark our iniquities, who can stand, Lord? So there was a sinner and a Pharisee. And the Pharisee is Simon. He invited Jesus to his home, and there was a woman who who is a sinner. He doesn't says doesn't say the kind of sins that she committed. Obviously, she's a woman of uh, not very good reputation. She comes there and she is washing Jesus with her with her tears. And Simon is speaking to himself in his heart. He says, "If this man were a what?" If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of a woman she is. For she is a sinner. You know what Jesus said? You are just looking at a prophet, but she is looking at the lamb. You are only looking at the prophet who points your sin. You are not looking at the lamb who takes away the sin. That is faith, my dear brothers and sisters. That is what John is saying. You know what? As Moses lifted up this bronze serpent upon the altar, look unto him. This morning, Charles Spurgeon was walking before his conversion on an ice-cold day, depressed and oppressed because he knew the amount and the quantity and the quantum of his sin. Depressed! and He was walking on the road. He couldn't stand the cold anymore. There was a Methodist church over there. He went into the Methodist church. He sat in the corner. And because of the cold, the pastor who was supposed to preach that day did not come. And the layman he got up he opened the scroll from the book of Isaiah just like Jesus opened the scroll and he says look unto him all the ends of the earth and be saved. Number one. Point, point number one. Point number two. Look unto him all the ends of the world and be saved. Point number three. Young man you look miserable this morning. So what's his name? Spurgeon looked at him and he said look unto him and be saved and he says in his autobiography he says as if there were scales on my eyes we just fell away like that and now I do not just look at the prophet who pointed my sin but I look at the lamb who took away my sin the prophet only points to your sin my dear brothers and sisters he cannot take away your sin I can't take away your sin. I can only introduce you to Jesus. Do you know this Jesus? It says in Luke's gospel chapter 5, he was preaching and teaching and one, one fine day he was preaching and teaching and the Bible says the power of God was there to heal. And four men came. Brought their friend. He was paralyzed. And you should wonder why he was paralyzed. And if you read ahead in the story, he was paralyzed because he was paralyzed by his own sin. He said, you know what? I can't come to church. Because I can't stand before a holy God. I don't want to come to teaching. You know what these four people said? You don't know my Jesus. I want you to introduce you to my Jesus. So they came and there was a crowd over there and these guys had... Incredible ideas! I'll tell you something. Faith has, should give you ideas, okay? Anyways, faith should make, give you cre- should make you creative. So it, it should make you a problem solver. Hmm? It should make you a debugger, uh, uh, like like Sami. You know, he just gets things done. No, he's a fixer. So he says, "What should we do?" They went and opened up the roof, and they carefully lifted him and put him down right before Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and he says, "Young man, your sins are forgiven." What a statement that is, no? Just keep yourself in the position of that young man. If you were that man who had a list of sins which are going pages and pages and volume after volume, and he looks at you and he says, young man, your sins are forgiven. What an assurance. Who's telling this? Yesterday, Pastor was talking about the report, the good report, my report about you, young man. Forgiven. everybody shocked. Everybody's shocked in the place. Everybody's looking at Jesus. Who is this man who forgives sins? And he looked at him and he said, you know what? To prove to you that the son of man has got authority to forgive sins, pick up your mat and walk. What happens to that man? He is healed. Why is he healed? Because his sins are forgiven. Sins are forgiven. My dear brothers and sisters this morning, whatever be the quantum of your sin, come to Jesus this morning. Look at him. Look unto him. And be saved. That is confession. <laughs> confession is not coming and saying, this is what I did, this is what I did. He also knows, you also know. In fact, he knows more than what you know. You only said half. He knows the thoughts and the intentions of your heart also. He also knows the intention behind your behind your confession, confession. If you were to ask you this question, uh, what is the intention behind your confession? What will your answer be? You know, if you start analyzing that way, you will just go into a, some one quicksand. So this one, this morning, look unto Jesus. Look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 7. This is how we confess. <laughs> Confesses in repentance, in penitence, you humble yourself. It says, then he turned to Simon, to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she was, she has washed my feet with her tears. Wiped them with her hair, with the hair of her head. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. You know what one line prayer in the Bible? You know, one line prayer, one line prayer I'll show you. The prayer that God accepts and he puts a seal. Luke's gospel chapter 18. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me. eh?" That's it. And you know what the Bible says? He went home justified. Why? Tax collector, what 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 do tax collectors do? Their heart is for their gain. They want to make money, they just cheat, they manipulate the accounts, and he was looking at his life and he said, Lord, so many people I cheated. I'm a deceiver, Lord. A deceiver. Another man, Luke's Gospel chapter 19. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste, come down. Where is Zacchaeus? What is that? Zacchaeus. Honey, come here, better Stand here. Come, here. come here, come here, come here. Stand here, stand here. Some description, okay? She's a she's a tall girl. I'm Jesus. I'm walking, okay? Zacchaeus is on the tree. <coughs> All right? Zacchaeus on the tree. Zacchaeus, come down. Where is Zacchaeus? On the tree. Come down. Now who's going to climb on the tree? Who's going to climb on the tree now? Who's going to climb? Go back. Who's going to climb on the tree? Cursed is a man that hangs on a tree. You know what he says, Zacchaeus? I know. All your money is blood money. Okay. You cheated. You did all kinds of bad things. That money is cursed. And you know for a fact you are miserable. And you are on the tree. Let me tell you something. You come down, I will take your place. Do you see this God? Do you know this Jesus this morning? Do you know this Jesus? Brothers and sisters, do you know this Jesus? Jesus. That is the reason why the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, he himself took our infirmities and bore them on the tree so that we, having died to sin, can live to righteousness. You know why? Because he took my place. He took my place on the tree. Do you know this, Jesus? I know, I'm actually preparing a... Preparing a devotional for myself. This is not for everybody. Do I know this Jesus? My devotions from the gospels. Do I know this Jesus? This Jesus who is kind and compassionate. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Lord, if you are willing. Thou can make me clean. Thou, sh, thou, can, thou, shalt make, thou can make me clean. You know what he says? I am willing. And what does he do? He touches him. That's an anathema. You know why? Because you can never ever make an un- a holy God unholy. The very virtue of God will flow through you because of the touch. Because of Jesus. Because he became a curse for us on the tree. Cursed is a man that hangs on a tree. So he said, Zacchaeus, come down Zacchaeus from the tree let me go and hang on your behalf on that tree you know what the word psychomot means psychomot means fig tree the one which gives figs a fig is a description of israel and what does jesus do to the fig tree he cursed it he dried it from the roots because there was no fruit and he became that curse Do you know this Jesus this morning? Do you see this lamb? Or do you see the quantum of yourself? Zacchaeus stood and said to the people, Lord, look, half my goods I give to the poor. Nothing, no, Jesus did not even open his mouth and preached one word. You know what he said? Let me take your place, Zacchaeus. That's all. Let me take your place. Changed. Nature changed. Look unto him this morning, my dear brothers and sisters, and be saved. Otherwise, year after year will go. And if you start counting your sins, you will be drowned in your sin. There's no end to it. Look unto him this morning. I'm not saying that we take our sin lightly. No, don't, don't misunderstand me at all. We don't exalt our sin. We exalt Jesus. That is the reason why he says, if I be lifted up, where? Where should he be lifted up? On the tree, I will draw all men unto myself. Acts chapter 9, another response. Acts chapter 9, another response. Okay, this is only for, till forgiveness. Okay, I'm just going this is the first part. It's only the penalty of your sin has been taken away. Acts chapter 9. This is, so Philip ran to him. This is the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading. Okay, this is great blessing in reading. What is that? Everybody say great blessing in reading okay and great blessing in reading loudly okay honestly okay you can you can because god is watching you if he's if he's uh, if you are reading loudly and he will send you philip okay <laughs> so philip ran to him and he heard him reading the prophet isaiah and he said do you understand what you are reading and he said, "How can I under, unless someone guides me?" You know, this man also was a guy who was who really wanted to genuine. He was searching for God. Okay, he said, "You know, if I if I come on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, like a lot of people go for pilgrimages, no, okay." So we have one man in our own apartment. He's dressed in black. Okay, so he's I mean he's always. what is he going? He's going to do? He's going to go to. a on a pilgrimage and during those 40 days of whatever it is, full nishta, everybody will say Swami, 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 Swami. When he opens his mouth, Swami. Okay, and you will say Baba, kya nishta. After those 40 days is over, it's our Lent, no? 40 days Lent is over, back to default position. Deceived, debauched, okay, distressed, etc., etc., etc. Uh, he also thought, if I go to Jerusalem, no, if I do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You know, a lot of people have this thing, if I go to the promised land, the holy land, (laughs) and if I baptize myself in Jordan, (laughs) where Jesus got baptized, Baba, if your heart does not change, again, you go into, before you go into Jordan, you are a dry sinner. After you come out of Jordan, sinner. Nothing has changed. Only you wasted your money in pilgrimage. That's all. Nothing will change. So this man also thought, if let me go to pilgrimage, he went to Jerusalem, he saw that worship, okay, he was like, still nothing has changed inside of my heart. Okay, I wish I could hear something more, something that would fundamentally change me. So he's reading. He's reading. I think he's stuck in Isaiah chapter 53. He's like reading and reading and reading. And then he says, And the place in the scripture which was read to him was, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? This is the lamb who took my place on the tree. Now, For his life was taken away from the earth and then it says, So the eunuch asked, answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached who to him? That's it. Now this, this guy's response is ultimate. This guy's response is, you know what? I just don't want my sins to be forgiven. Look at what it says. Oh, oh shoot! I forgot to keep that. If somebody can uh, uh, go to uh, Acts chapter nine and verse number thirty-six, please quickly, quickly read it loudly, Lord. Acts chapter, Oh, you don't have your Bibles? Look at how fantastic you are, huh? Acts chapter nine, verse number thirty-six. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, quickly. And I want you to read it in, uh, in the KJV or NKJV, if you don't mind, not in the other. Nearly inspired versions. At Joppa. No, no, this is a 8th passage. This is not 9. Sorry. This is Acts chapter 8. I apologize. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 36. Sorry, sorry. And as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from getting baptized. That is the next step. I just don't want forgiveness for my sins. You know what he's saying? You know what? I have a nature inside of me. Philip, 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 I know this lamb of God who took away my sin. I love this man. I do not want to sin anymore. What should I do? Philip? Philip doesn't even have to talk to him about baptism, by the way. He did not preach about baptism. He just looked at it and he says, this is water. What is preventing me from getting baptized? You know what baptism is? Now I no longer live. Who lives in me? Christ lives in me. That old nature inside of me. Which causes me to deceive people. What, which causes to deceive me. And deceive myself. You know what happens? I am going to nail it to the cross. And I am going to follow Jesus all the days of my life. That is the next step. What is your response? What is your response? What is your response this morning? I'll tell you something. A lot of people, they love the first part. What is that? Jesus forgave my sin. He took away my sin. But you know what? They don't want to take the next step, what we call as commitment. Commitment. You no, know, like I think pastor was talking about that. Last Sunday? Or the Sunday before last? One of these meetings. He was saying, commitment. Are you committed to him? You know, for, for, for us in Telugu, there's a lot of negative meaning. Okay, So people are laughing, you know what that means, right? Commit. It's a negative meaning. This is not that negative meaning. I'm not meaning that kind of a commitment. This is committed meaning. I. You know what? This is what you've done for me. You took my place on the tree. You took away my sin. You not only took away my sin, you took away the very nature that caused me to sin. How can I live for myself anymore? That is a eunuch. You know the Bible says about eunuchs? There are many eunuchs who are born eunuchs. There are many eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by, the son, by, by men. But there are eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. And if you are blessed, if you receive this gift. You know what he says? I don't want to live my, for myself anymore. That is the second stage. My sins have been forgiven. I look at Jesus on the cross. Second, I also know that for this Jesus who took away my sin, not only took away my sin, he took away the very nature that causes me to sin. I want to live for him now. I love him so much. Otherwise we become fans. The word fans, no? Fanatic. Pichodu. Mad fellow. Fanatic means. What are these? There are fans of preachers. I remember once some brother wrote Pastor James, uh, Pastor James, we are your fans. And he said, you know what, I have three fans in my home, I have sufficient fans, so thank you. <laughs> I, I, I thought I loved that, you know, it, it, it sounded like music to my ears, no? There are three fans in my home, I have sufficient fans, thank you. We are your fans. I mean Fans means hawa. Ha, 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 ha. And yesterday, I was I was looking at uh, one guy in, in on YouTube. No, he saw Cristiano Ronaldo. So, uh, Ronaldo. He came. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo came to the airport. He got out of his car and he came to meet this fanboy And he said, "Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Cristiano! Cristiano! I can't believe this! I love you, man! I love you, man!" And he's just. I'm like looking at him. He said, "You know who Cristiano Ronaldo is? You know the Cristiano Ronaldo, the footballer. You do not know the Cristiano Ronaldo, the other guy." Whom I know. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I said, so silly, you are an idiot. What is this? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Pichod, mad fellows. There are fanatics. I, I'll, I'll show you some fanatics. I will introduce some fanatics to you. Hmm? Ezekiel chapter 33. Some fanatics. Fans. As for you, son of man, your people are talking together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, saying to each other, come! Oh, oh. Let us hear the word of God. Look at this preacher. He is God's gift from heaven. What are these? Fans. Psychophants. You know, there's a symphony of the psychophants. You know that, right? What is that? What is? May the king live forever. You know that fellow is going to die very soon. <laughs> you, you, know, you know it. You know it. May the king live for. Chiranjivi That's what he says. Chiranjivi. Hmm? What is that? Rahul Gandhi, Amar Rahay. Whatever, no? <laughs> So this is something like this, no? And this, the 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 guy says, oh, what should I do? You know, king, you should erect a statue. I heard the interpretation of the dream. Gold, silver, bronze, iron. You are king forever. Nebuchadnezzar is on an ego trip now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea is fantastic. Okay, so he erects a completely golden statue. King live forever. I I, I I remember there was a Telugu movie, you know, there's a politician. I can never forget that movie. You know, the politician is everybody, all the business people come come to politicians for favors, right? So so what does he do? He hires a guy who plays the Murudangam. Murudangam, you know Murudangam, right? So if anybody comes and starts flattering him, he takes the Murudangam, this guy says, come on, start. And if he flatters more, he goes more. So they are all fans. What are they? Picholu. Look at what they they say. Come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. That's what they told Herod. Herod, he speaks the oracles of God. (laughs) Next moment. (laughs) What happened to this guy? Eaten by worms and dead. My people come to you as they usually do and sit before you, hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for their own gain. These are fan clubs. Ezekiel chapter 33 goes on to say, How are you to them? Indeed to them you are nothing more than a one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice. That's all. And place an instrument swell, for they hear your words. Okay, what happens to you? If you hear and you do not put them to practice, you, what do you, what do you do? Deceive yourself. So, one is fan club response. The other response is there. What is the other, other response, Baba? Who are you response? Who are you to point out, point out my son? You know, this is there in all of us, no? the other day somebody in my relatives okay said something about me and came to my ears not my not my father my parents side from the other side somebody said something about me vijay is like this it came and fell into my ears and i was like who are you you should see the, I was so angry be, beyond boiling point. Already I'm at 30 degrees centigrade. Now oh, It's going off to, I don't know what. Hmm? So Jesus, God, I mean, almost God said, you know what, you have BP now, please take it, take it easy. Okay. Don't, no. <laughs> don't, don't get uh, too stressed about this. So and, and I, I was seriously, I was, I was going crazy. I was like. All cylinders were blowing. I didn't say or anything. You know, and I said, "Who are you to say anything about me? Do you know I me?" Mean? Is what I was thinking in my heart. Then I was like, after a while, Jesus said, "You know." God said, "That's exactly the Pharisees' response." Pharisees, you know what they say? "Who are you?" John the Baptist came and said, "You know what? You generation of vipers." They were very upfronted up- up- We? We, why, So their their question is John's Gospel chapter one. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, "Why do you baptize? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you that prophet? Are you the Christ? If you're not the, if you're not Elijah, if you're not the prophet, if you're not Christ, why are you baptizing?" The point here is, you know what, John answers. He says, Baba I am just a what did I hear? A voice. Something somebody said about me. What do you say? Is he not there? Inside of all of us? No, ever run? Toh kya hai? hai? The audacity? Etc, etc, etc. No. We'll say, you know what? This is John. They said this about John. Look at this. Their response does not change. If it is John or Jesus. Matthew chapter 21. Now when he came to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him and said, what is your authority? Which Bible college? Show me your degree. I like what Zakman said. The only disciple who could have qualified for a graduate degree among the 12 was Judas Iscariot. You know what? After I heard that statement, I stopped the message. I said, Lord, I have not a graduate degree. I have a postgraduate degree and I have a doctorate degree. What am I? And another man of God said, "You know what he says? Those who have degrees empty the church and degrees." I said, "You know what? This is this is the problem. You know what? Your worldly credentials. This is. A, I'm telling you my brothers and sisters. Let me name names now, because I don't care. You know there are some real Bible preachers whom I used to really adore and honor, but they are anti-Israel. You know that." Oh no let me let me let me surprise you with names john piper one of them your ministries let me tell you something what doctrine you believe will come out you know all these tests these are all the fiery trials god is allowing in people's lives so that the snakes will come out publicly this is on social media this is on public resources you you, you do not have to take my word for it i can give you i can give you links you don't judge people we judge doctrine anti israel you wonder why they are silent. You wonder why they know, why don't they come out publicly and 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 take a stand for Israel. No, we are not we are not we are not for the Jews or we are not against Palestinians. We are for God. That is the reason why the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter eleven. It says it must be there should be schisms among you so that those who are of God might be approved approved. Chisms should come, trials should come, difficulty should come. What authority? Who's your authority? That's the reason why you know Jesus looked at the Pharisees. What shall I compare this generation of vipers with? I played the flute, I played the flute, you did not dance, I played the dirge, you did not mourn. John the Baptist did not come eating and drinking, but you said he has a demon. But the son of man came eating and drinking, you say he is a winebiber, a glutton and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. It doesn't matter who preaches, your heart will not change. That's the point. You don't want to change. Oh, if this person says, if mama says, I will listen. Mama says, Pop, listen to papa. If the teach, this teacher teaches me, I will listen. Problem is, you don't want to listen. Okay. So if, if you come to my church, school, you'll have, my wife is the one who tampers children. Oh, yo, papam, papam, she will say, no, papam, papam, sinner, sinner, basically. Eh, sinner, sinner, sinner. She goes on saying sinner, and I'm not going to say, you sinner, you sinner, you sinner. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, uh, so she keeps the sinner in her, in her, on her her lap, and she asks him, whom do you like, this man or this, this, uh, or me? She says, I like you, not this man. Why? Because this man takes a stick. I don't use a stick, okay? Rachel, you are safe, okay? (laughs) I don't use a stick. But you know, because this man we don't like. The point is, you don't want to change. That is the reason why, you know what? God tells Ezekiel, 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 do one thing. Do one thing. Whatever is before you, eat it. Please eat it. What is there before you? Lamentations and woe. My goodness, Lord. What is this, Lord? Eat it, Ezekiel. Eat it. Eat it. So Ezekiel eats it. It sounds very, it looks like lamentation means what? It's a dirge. Lamentations and woe. So he takes, Ezekiel takes that scripture and he begins to eat it. It means he, he accepts it and he digests it. You know what it says? The moment I begin to eat, it's, it's what? Tastes like honey. You know what happens the moment i actually receive the word of god i understand that the intentions of god are always good and what do we sing in the morning this morning god is good all the time so if you get a hard message god is good if you get a tough message god is good if you get a stabbing message god is good i mean the other day when pastor was preaching about money Sam and I were looking at each other and I was saying, Bro, <laughs> one more word will come out. My heart will start beating against my chest. You know what? It was stabbing all of us in our hearts. No Why? God is God. The word of God is what? Living. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart and Before that word, every man is naked and we have to give an account to him. That is the living word. So what is your response this morning? Is your response I don't want to look at the prophet. I want to look at the lamb who took away my sin. I not only want to look at the lamb who took away my sin, I want to go and surrender myself to the lamb and go into the waters of baptism and say, Lord, I thank you for taking away my sin and taking my place on the cross and getting rid of my evil, sinful, deceptive nature. And I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Or, are you a fan? Or, are you saying, who are you there? Fifth response. I love the fifth response. This is my favorite response. John's Gospel, chapter 5. Chapter chapter 1. Verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked. I, I love this, no? The entire Bible is about Jesus. You know? I'll tell you something, you know what? When you start reading about Jesus, you'll forget about yourself. Okay. You forget about yourself, you forget about your sin, your problems, your concerns, your worries. You know why? He says, cast my your burden upon me. All your labors and everything you just cast it upon my feet and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon yourself. Learn of me and you will find rest yourselves. your souls. You know why? Because I am meek and lowly. Meek and lowly. And look at what happens. The next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. What does does the Lamb of God do? He takes away the sin. He took away my sin. He took away my sinful nature. So what am I going to do now? The two disciples heard him speak. And they, ah, this is the ultimate response. Follow. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Everywhere, anywhere, I will follow him. So what did they do? They followed Jesus. So if they followed Jesus, Jesus asked this question, why are you following me? Then Jesus turned and seeing them following them said to him, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, you know, teacher, where do you, where are you staying? You know what Jesus says? I want to stay in people's hearts. (laughs) Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens it. Jesus is such a gentleman, right? What does the serpent do? No knocking, nothing. You open the door, small crevice, the lizard will get in. No permission asked. So, I sometimes I argue with the lizard. See, anyways, I'm not going to allow you in my house. Even if I allow, my wife will not allow. So, I have to finish you off anyway. Why do you come? So, we cannot argue with the lizard, no this reptiles cannot be argued with. What should we do with? Finish them off, okay so, so so jesus Jesus always knocks at the door he says i want where are you staying he says, actually I want to stay with you anyways, come and see that night, they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. You see. When you stay with Jesus in the night, one night, what will, what will happen? The very word of God, the word who became flesh. Is he going to discuss uh, the latest cricket match? What is going to happen? Nothing. What is going to happen? There's going to be a discussion. You know, later one of the disciples says, we have found him whom the Moses and the prophets have prophesied, Jesus uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. So, he's, you know, what is he going to discuss when you are with him in private? What is he going to do? See, I am the word. The, and this entire thing is about me and they had a Bible study and what happens when you have a Bible study with Jesus your heart will be burning and you know the very next day Andrew goes and brings Peter to Jesus but the point here is this you follow him, right? what does following Jesus mean? Matthew chapter 22, verse number 29. Let's read this. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 29. Jesus answered and said to them, you are, what? Deceived, because you do not know the scriptures, nor the power of God. The point here is this. What do the scriptures talk about? Jesus. Okay, so why are you deceived? Because you do not know the Jesus of the scriptures. Why you are you deceived? Because you do not have the power of God to follow the Jesus of the scriptures. Lot of people have the scriptures, they do not have the power of God, they will get deceived. Because they don't have the power to keep the truth, so they will compromise during the time of trial. Lot of people have the power of God and not the scriptures, so they do not know the truth, they will get deceived. But what should you know? We should know the scriptures and also the power of God. How does it happen? I'll tell you something. If you want to keep yourself from deception, my dear brothers and sisters, spend private, quiet time with Jesus and his word. Knowing him intimately. I'll tell you something, no? The other day, I, I just, just let me show you some scriptures before I get, go to this explanation over here. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Verse number Three. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him what? Privately. So if you're a disciple, what do you do? You follow him, and you what, what do you do? You spend time with him, what? Privately, meaning in the secret place, intimate fellowship that you spend, spend, spend time with him, knowing the scriptures. No, let me tell you something. The other day I was listening to a worships video by Ron Kennelly, one of our favorite singers. No? You know he's an old man now. So he, was, he started singing the song, you deserve the glory and the honor and he started singing that song and suddenly he stopped. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you why he stopped. So please stop here for a minute. He looked at one sister over there or one brother over there who was taking pictures of him. He said, brother, let me tell you something. I am not an artist. I am a worshipper. What am I? Oh, I'm not an artist. I'm a worshiper. Don't take pictures. You know what, what it, you know what worship is, brother? This is we are spending intimate time with God. Now think about intimacy with your wife. This is what's easier. Intimate, you're spending intimate time with your wife. Do you want anybody to take pictures of that? That's what I told you, you know. We have fan clubs these days. We do not have worshippers. And who are sing and write songs, they are artists and not worshippers. You know, how our true worshipper is birthed, our true worshipper is birthed when you spend that quality time with Jesus in private. Privately. Privately, what happens now? As he sent on the set on set on the uh, Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, tell us. Mark chapter four, verse number thirty-three. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were same thing, when they were alone privately. Let me tell you something, you want to face the coming days without getting deceived, get to know Jesus in private. Because you know the Bible says, the God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. In private. You don't have private times anymore. Morning hours, reading the word. Just you and God and Jesus reading the word, spending that, make it into a discipline. Sometimes you might say, Lord, this is a ritual. Make it into a ritual. Over a period of time it will become life. Start off it. Start start it off. Start spending quality time with Jesus alone. Set apart time and space for him. And if you look at many of the unbelieving homes that we have, they have what we call as a puja room. No? They have puja room that's a small little cozy place they have for themselves with their gods why not us do you have private times with Jesus reading as one one of the things that I'm telling you honestly you know don't read too many books read the bible because there is only one book which is inspired okay All the other books are nearly inspired. There's only one book which is inspired. What is it? The word of God. All scripture is given by the... Not all books. Spend time getting to know him. Yes, you need books. I'm not saying... I'm not against books. Read the Bible more. Read the Bible. Get into habit. How many of you are literate? Show me your hands. Akshara Seta. Come on. Everybody can read. Read. I mean, if you go to heaven, no? Think about it, no? I love you, Jesus. Did you read my letter? I love you, Jesus. Did you read my letter? I love you, Jesus. Did you read my letter? What do you love me, Re? My wife sends me a letter. I mean, she wrote a letter to me, just imagine, okay? Coating dish, we, we were writing letters to each other. Okay, she sent me a letter. I love you honey. Did you read my letter? No, I did not have time. What love? What do you mean you love Jesus? I want to go to heaven, I want to go to, first I will say Moses, thank you so much for Deuteronomy. Not even Genesis, hell said Deuteronomy is one of my favorite, okay. I love Deuteronomy. Thank you, Moses, for me, Joshua. Fabulous. And all the others who wrote, all the others, I'm going to meet Nehemiah, Ezra, Esther, and I'm going to read 1st Chronicles also, the most boring for all of you, no? Whoever wrote, I think Ezra wrote it. I'll go and say, Ezra, what a book. I read everything. All you fellows, whatever you wrote, I read it. Not even one book is not going to be untouched. And in fact, I would have read it any number of times. And especially the Gospels. Don't read it as a ritual. Read it with interest. Read it with expectancy. Read it with hunger. Read it with saying, Lord, speak to me. God is not a respecter of persons. He will speak to you. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1-2. to Now, after six days, how many days do we work? Six days, no? Okay. Jesus took... Peter, James and John, his brother, led them upon a high mountain by, I like that word, by themselves, the same word alone, privately, the same word uh, 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 translated as privately, alone, set them by themselves. What What a time they had. You know what happened? And he was what? Transfigured. The word for transfigured is transformed before them. Transformed. You know what happens? You spend time in the word. God will give you a revelation of the transformed Jesus and what will happen as a result of that? Through the spirit. 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 8. But we all, this is 18 if I'm right. Okay. But we all with open face beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord are being what? Transformed. You spend time with Jesus. You will also be transformed into his likeness. So that you will be kept from deception my dear brothers and sisters in these last days you will know who truly Jesus is spend time with him become a disciple who is a disciple? a disciple is a person who can be taught go into all the world and make what? disciples of all nations teaching them teaching the person who can be taught you struggle with teaching You'll struggle with Jesus. Let me tell you something. You struggle with teaching, you will not know Jesus. You struggle with the word. Don't spend time in the word. You will not know Jesus. Quality, spend those quality times with Jesus. I'm telling you honestly, before the end of the year, 14 days no, four times, seven times seven. Fantastic. No? Seven times seven, we have seven sevens. Seven weeks of sevens. In these seven weeks, spend time. Maybe go through the Gospels over and over again. Get to know the real Jesus. Take it as, take it as, take it as an assignment. What do you know about Jesus? Write your own devotional. This is what I heard about Jesus. But this is what my Jesus is. This is what the scripture says about Jesus. Go through the Bible. My Jesus. Spend time and then spend time privately gather also together for teaching so that you can be kept from deception. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read that. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 11 onwards and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What do they do for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry? Okay? For the edifying of the of the body of Christ. That's exactly what happened yesterday. For three hours, close to three hours we had a teaching session. What is happening through the process of teaching? We are being equipped to know what is the truth. What it is to have a good report. What it is to follow Jesus. How to go through these last days without getting deceived. How to increase our faiths The more you spend time, you know, you don't understand. These are the times when during the time of peace, as much as possible, be like an ant. Keep on gathering and gathering and gathering and gathering on one day. Like Joseph, there will be a famine. And what is going to happen? God will say, open the granaries now. That's exactly what happened in the Jerusalem church. Remember the Jerusalem church? There was an incredible time of persecution. After, before that, there was a lot of teaching, teaching, teaching. They were growing, they were growing. They were growing in favor with God, favor with man. Incredible, the numbers being being added to the church. And then there, ki, there came a time of what? Persecution. And what happened? All the people got scattered to all around the world. And what happened? They went and they started teaching whatever they, they were taught. They started churches once 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 such church was was uh, char, uh, started in if i'm right in acts chapter 11 where barnabas is sent to minister to them after they started a church who are these people who started the church these are the people who heard the word during times of peace and persecution came they went they opened their granaries and they fed the people with what god had taught them god needs faithful people stewards of his word. Ephesians chapter 4. So for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ and goes on to say, till we all come to the unity of the faiths and the knowledge of the son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be what? Children. That's the point. Why? Children can easily get Children can easily get deceived. That is the reason why he says, by this time you should have been teachers. I I should also teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. Because you are not able to handle it. So, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. How does it happen? Apostles' doctor, prophetic ministry, pastoral ministry, evangelist ministry, and teaching ministry. Five ministries. The preaching of the word of God to equip us, strengthen us, so that we know what is true. We know what the standards of God are. We are growing in them incrementally. We are getting to know who Jesus is. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. After, this is after they got saved, right? They all came and gathered. That day is approaching, gathered together more. Getting to know the signs of the times. Why? Daniel chapter 11, verse number 32. And such so as, uh, uh, as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corruptly flatter, uh, corrupt by flatteries. This is the Antichrist. But, people that do know their God. The word for know is, intimately know their God. What will they do? They will be, what? Strong. They are strong in the word. They are immovable. Nobody can deceive them. They know what mathematics is. Okay. If I tell them something wrong, they will say, sir, you did a mistake over there. That is what I want my children to come to a point where they say, sir, you made a mistake. Till then, am I right or am I right? That's all. So I got a greeting card the other day for my birthday. The first page I opened, Pastor Vijay's favorite statement. Am I right or am I right? I told my daughters one day, I said, you know, I'm waiting for the day when you come and tell me, dad, here in this equation, you're wrong. And Emmanuel said, Papa, you're wrong. I said, haha, shut up, okay? Not now, not now. I'm waiting. You come to the point where nobody can trick you. You know your Bible. You know your Word. And even if somebody says something out of line, you'll say, you know what? There's something wrong. Even if the letter is right, the Spirit is wrong. Something is wrong here. You can easily know. Because you know the original. Become skillful. I forgot to keep this verse here. If you can, somebody can read for me. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse number 22, please. Verse number 22. Verse number 22, Jeremiah chapter 4. You can read it in any translations, doesn't matter. Jeremiah chapter 4. Verse number 22. My people are foolish. ah, oh, They are not known me. And then what else? What does it say? They are silly children. They have no understanding. Yeah. They are wise to do evil, but You see, to do good, they have no knowledge. They are wise. You see, have you seen, you don't have to learn teach a child to lie and cheat. My goodness, they are very, very, very careful and crafty. They can somehow camouflage and try to cheat. That is how they are wise to do evil. Other translations will use the word. They are skillful to do evil. They are skillful. Is it your translation? Skillful to do evil. But to do right, they have no knowledge. They are silly children. Silly children. And what is happening in verse number 20? If you can read verse number 20 also for me. What is happening? Verse number 20. Destruction is coming, Baba. Destruction upon destruction is coming. You do not see. Don't you see the signs of the times? When it is red in the night, you say there is no rain. When it is red in the morning and is clouded, you said it's going to be raining. You can discern the, the weather by seeing the skies, but you can't discern the signs of the times. Destruction upon destruction is coming. But my children, they're silly children. My, my children, they don't know me. My children, they are people who are skillful in doing wicked things, but they are not good in doing what is good. My dear brothers and sisters, we are coming to the end of the time. So there are five responses I I looked at this morning. The first response, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of this world. That's the first response. Don't look at the quantum of your sin. Don't just look at the prophet who points to your sin. Look at the Lamb who takes away your sin. Second, once you are looking at the Lamb who took away your sin, obey that Lamb in the waters of baptism and say, you know what? I do not want to live any longer for myself, but for the glory of God. Third level, he is the Lamb of God, who took away my sin. I am no longer going to live for myself anymore. What am I going to do? I am going to follow him. Spend time with him. In private. Getting to know him. In private. In secret. Otherwise you will have a fanboy response and a pharisaical response. Pharisaical response, we all have it. We don't want anybody to point our mistake. It is very traumatic for all of us. But receive the love of the truth because there is going to be a time when God himself is going to send a strong delusion. It is God. And if God sends strong delusion, who's going to save us? See, if the Philistines are upon us, God can save us. If Satan is upon us, God can save us. If God is upon upon us. So, times are going to be incredibly challenging in the coming days. So, what will we do? What will we do? Psalm 32 and verse number One. Let's see this and we will end. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Come to that point. In whose spirit there is no deceit. How did this come? How did this come? The next verse will say. Psalm 32. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the draught of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin and therefore in my spirit there is no deceit anymore. And therefore God can look at each one of us and say, Behold, there is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. The very first message of the New Testament is what? Brood of vipers. In other words, Oh, you deceivers, you cunning, crafty people who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth Fruit which is in keeping with repentance. The very first message. And we had five responses. So, what will your response be this morning? Will you humble yourself and ask God? Lord, my sin is too much. This morning, let's shall we all stand up? Shall we all stand up in the presence of the Lord. No. We got 49 days left before the end of the year. Okay. And we've been hearing so much. The greatest deception is self-deception. Okay. Evil company corrupts good manners. Tell, let me tell you something. Evil company corrupts good manners. Do not be deceived. That is the reason why you need a company of saints. Why do we come together? Because there is an anointing. Okay. This is anointing when the children of God come together for the preaching of the word of God. When they hear, with they hear with expectancy. They feel, they get filled, they get strengthened. And then they go out as something which is totally different. You become a witness in this world. So come to the, come this morning. Confess your sins, whatever it is. You know there is therefore no condemnation. Okay, the Holy Spirit only brings conviction. It is very simple. Don't make it complicated. Say, Lord, I confess my sin, and if I confess, You are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me for. All unrighteousness, and you give, and you will immediately give me a right standing with you. You're the lamb who took away my sin. You're the lamb who died in my place. You're the lamb who said, Come down, Zacchaeus, let me take your place on the tree. Zacchaeus came down, and Jesus took our place. On that tree, he became cursed for us. On that tree, that old man, that serpent was judged. That one thing which causes us to get deceived, that old man was taken away. So this morning, commit yourself. Commit yourself to the Lord. And say, Lord, I commit. I surrender. I want to make a commitment to you. I want to spend time with you. I don't want to waste away my life without reading and studying your word. In my private moments. I spent so much time watching television, watching YouTube, watching movies. And before the end of the year is over, Lord, I want to reverse the time that I spent with the, the, with the, with movies and with the word. I want to spend more time in the word. 49 days for the year to end. Lord, I want to I want to know you. I want to know you privately, intimately. The day of the lord is coming saints destruction upon destruction and let it not be an indictment against us god says my people they're silly children they do not know me they're skillful in doing evil but doing good they do not know let's make a commitment this morning to the lord in our own words can we open our power lips and say lord i commit myself lord I commit myself to the best of my ability, Lord. I don't want to look at my sin. I want to say with a songwriter, my sin, oh the bliss of that glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. It is well, it is well with my soul. Your sin, the entire sin, Not just the part, but the whole was put on the cross. It was removed. This morning, look unto Jesus this morning, saints. The Lamb of God, who had no deceit on his lips, who never sinned even once, who was tempted in all points, yet did not sin, who endured all the contradiction of sinners against himself, and he resisted even unto the shedding of blood against sin. He understands the power of sin. He knows what, what it is to be tempted. He knows the power of temptation. He is a high priest who does not, he is not a high priest that does not sympathize, but he was tempted in all points and yet without sin. He understands. He understands. He understands better than any, any, any other man on this earth. He knows our sin. He knows our infirmity. He knows our struggle. He understands our struggle. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Let me take your place. And he took our place on that tree. He became sin for us on the tree so that we might be made righteous in him. He became curse for us on the tree so that we can enjoy his blessing, even the promise of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, confess. Just confess your sins. Whatever the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance, say, Lord, this is my sin. In your own words, you don't have to speak out loudly. Just make it, get it right with the Lord this morning. Go back home with a clear conscience. Because God has got the authority, the Son of Man. He is the one who can, who will declare to you if you confess your sins. Son, daughter, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Father, this morning I commit all of us, oh Lord Jesus, into your hands. So many of us still struggle with condemnation. So many of us are still caught up, O Lord, in our failures. It is as if time has stopped. I pray, Father, Lord, you would visit your people this morning. You are not a God who is far off. You are a God who is near. You are a God who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. You are a God who knows what it is to be tempted in all areas. You are a God who is intimately connected. You know what exactly it is to struggle with lack. And yet you did not lack. You are a God who is acquainted with sorrows. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. You know what it is, O Lord. You wept when your people wept. In all their struggles, in all their sojournings, and all their weepings, O Lord, your word says, you wept with them. Who is a God like you, Lord? There is none like you, O Lord, this morning. And this morning, O Lord, we want to lift up the banner, the cross of your son, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the cross. This morning, O Lord, I pray, even as your children have confessed, Lord, you would take away every guilt, every guilt conscience, O Lord, you would take it away. You would purge even our conscience from every evil work so that we might have boldness this morning, O Lord, to enter into the holiest of all, to obtain direction to obtain grace, to obtain mercy. Thank you, Father, for your work on the cross. And I pray, Father, this morning, that we will spend time, intimate time with you. Intimate time. Spending time with you. You will show us where we lack. It is when the disciples spent that intimate quality time with 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 you, O oh Lord. They asked, why could we not cast them out? And you said, Lord, because of your unbelief. But yet, This kind does not come except by through fasting and prayer. You spoke, O Lord Jesus, details into our lives, into your into your disciples' lives when they spend that quality, intimate time in private with you. And I pray, Father, that each and every one of of us here this morning will make that commitment to spend time with you, quality time with your word, listening to your word, listening to the teachings, O Lord, that come from this pulpit. Especially this pulpit. Our people, GTC Hyderabad, will not take anything, any word that comes for granted, O Lord. But we will hold on to every word, knowing that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And I pray, Father, that Lord, this morning, we will make that commitment. Let May you find in this audience, O Lord, people who will be committed to you in little things. In little things. Little things as reading and meditating and praying every day. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Keep us, O Lord. Keep us, O Lord, from deception. We pray, O Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the power of the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. Spend time with God in private. Spend time with Him. And do not forsake the assembly of the saints. Amen.